I'm now in my 30th year working to restore nature in forests and on farms, mostly across the north of England. 30 years ago, I left the city and my old job behind. I hung up my suit and tie and went off to plant trees. It's a decision I've never regretted. Before we get into season two, we have a couple of special editions of Triangle Podcast for you, both taken on tour this summer. I'm Pete Leeson. Welcome to Tree Amble Podcast Special. So this is the second of two special editions of Triamble where we took our microphone and we went on tour. Today we are in Oban at a meeting organised by the Woodland Trust but with multiple partners all talking about saving Scotland's rainforest. Does Scotland have rainforest, I hear you ask? Yes, it does. Actually, it's only recently really realised that it has this resource of rainforest. We talk internationally about the loss of rainforest perhaps in the Amazon, we champion how important it is to, to, to keep and restore that rainforest, but we have some at home that is really, really on the edge, and we must look after it. Scotland's rainforest is pretty much on the west coast. It's in the high rainfall zone. And not only have we just got rainforest, we've also got temperate rainforest and maritime rainforest. These are really critical habitats. It's a globally rare type of rainforest. It covers less than 1% of the planet, far less than tropical rainforest. And Scotland has some of the best remaining sites in all of Europe, and we have a responsibility to look after it. That rainforest is tiny. We've got fragments left. It's only about the size of Edinburgh in its total area, about 30,000 hectares. So there's lots of people in Scotland here, and I'm really concerned about this and want to work together. And today we'll hear lots of the voices of people who have come together um, under the Alliance for Scotland's Rainforest to try and bring about political and social and and conservation organisations to change and look after this forest and ideally if we can create more of it to try and extend the area. So Woodland Trust Scotland is a lead and founding member of the Alliance and the partners are collaborating and what they want to do is restore and expand rainforest at scale across the west coast. This is a, 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 a loads of lovely voices, incredibly passionate people. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to all these different voices and at the end of this programme, you get a feel that there's lots of activity that you can help with and help support. So morning, Ross. We're, we're stood just on the edge of Donolly Wood in Oban. And you're the site manager here. You're looking after this wood. Is, is, that, is that stressful or is that enjoyable or what? It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Really, it's, um, I look after eight sites across the north of Scotland, and this is the, the most urban. Right. Um, and um, so a lot of the challenges here are quite different to some of the other woods. Yeah. Um, but, and that's, that's what makes this place um, so enjoyable yeah. and, uh, and so challenging and, re and rewarding because of the people that are here. And, and do you work a lot with people? And that's the biggest part of this job here, yeah. really, with yeah. 
the, the Denali Wood, and that's, that was the core purpose of Woodland Trust coming here, to engage people with that rainforest. Yeah. Uh, the wood here, there's, there's two hills with a, a housing estate plonked right in the middle of the wood, essentially. Yeah. So we have to engage with these people, we want to engage with them, um, for them to, to really take on the ownership of this, this woodland and protect it and help us because restore it. Because it is their backdrop? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And are you finding that you've, uh, you've been doing this, what, six years or something? That's right. And have you yeah. made progress? Well, we've had the site for four years. Okay. Um, and in those four years, there's been a real shift here. Yeah. Um, and the, we used to come across a lot of fly tipping, yeah. a lot of fires. Um, there was all sorts of issues with invasive plants, garden wastes, and we're just not seeing that now because people are understanding that somebody's looking after the place yeah. and people are spending time in the woods and they, there's real value in protecting this place. And it's a very quick shift, really, in those four years where people have have recognised what they've got on their, their back door and how how they can be involved to help protect us. So this is almost, it's a woodland which is kind of a community asset. So, and, and there's lots of woodlands like that across the UK um, in similar situations, but it needs somebody like you with the passion and spirit to actually look after it and connect with the community, doesn't it? Well, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I suppose so. Um, but it's, um, and it, it's owned, well, it's, it's managed by the Woodland Trust on a, on a lease. Um, so it's it's needed the foresight of an organisation like the Woodland Trust to come in yeah. with that support yeah. to to fund that. And the first year we were here, and we were removing tons and tons of fly tipping, and a, a private landowner may not do that. Mm. So an organisation like that needs it needs to come in and to to take that on. Mm. Um, and yeah, sure. And I and, and my my background. Um, was was really keen on the involvement of people and, and communities and young people, so I do have an interest in it. But there's a huge number of people here who, just given that incentive and that, that little spark, uh, will will take it on and run with it. And that's that's why we need the that involvement of the volunteers yeah. and the community because I, I can't be here all the time. No, so. no, no. Uh, and the extra yeah. spin on this wood is it's a rainforest woodland. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so it's yeah. part of that very tiny bit that's left of the rainforest mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm in the west of Scotland. Yeah, well, and, and we've got um, and there's five, five sites that Woodland Trust has, and I look after two of the, the rainforest sites here and in Uig in the north of the sky. And the two of them couldn't be more different, really. Yeah. And we've got, we're surrounded by 8,000 people here in Oban. We've got um, all these urban issues around fly tipping and fires and people stealing trees and all that kind of thing that we're, we're slowly teasing out. Whereas in Uig, and it's, it's two very, very steep glens that are totally inaccessible right. um, with a, a small path where people walk their dog and it's, um, it's the feeling of the place the, um, and the, the challenges that people in, in each of those two communities are facing are, are very, very different. And in the Denali estate here in between the two hills, um, people uh, are, are struggling with everyday issues around they, they can't get reception on their on their sky dish because the trees have grown or um, there, there's issues around traffic and noise and in Uig it's and trying to earn a living and everything else yeah, yeah 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 whereas in Uig it's a much more affluent community they are um, they are um, far more switched on around what what's in their environment and um, the, the value of a lot of these lichens and mosses um, whereas here we've got um, a really important woodland here, but there are people who are, who are dealing with difficult situations every day, and well, a, a lichen or a particular tree maybe isn't at the top of the agenda, and it's just um, 
how, how we've had to change that message and um, work with these communities in, in a very individual way, depending on where the wood is, yeah. is, uh, yeah, is what makes the job so interesting. Really. Fantastic, fantastic. And in terms of in terms of where you're going next, you, you, so you also look after Ledmore and Migdale, don't you? That's right, yeah. I've never been there. Right. It's a big site, yeah, isn't a, it? Yeah, it's a treat that place, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I must go there at some point. Um, but you cover a big area. Yeah, and it's uh, driving wise, it's six hours long and six hours wide, uh, <laughs> from uh, from Auburn to Dornoch and from Skye to Aberdeen, yeah. um, and I, I live slap bang in the middle of the Cairngorm, so it's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, 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 it's a it's a brilliant job, and every site is just so different. All the people you deal with are so different. Uh, it's yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, really. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much for your Great. time, Ross. Thank yeah, you. no problem. So hi, another Alistair. I can't have too many Alistairs. <laughs> uh, Alistair Seaman, and you are Director of the Wooden Trust in Scotland. That's right, it is, I think officially the best job on the planet. Oh, I think I've got a pretty good one, but there we go. <laughs> and you invited me up to, to be part of this meeting in Oban today yeah. about rainforests. That's right, yep. Well, I knew you were interested in, uh, in seeing some exciting and inspiring stuff going on and the story of our journey in Scotland to uh, understand and appreciate that we have a rainforest and to bring together um, key allies in thinking about how we protect and restore and expand the rainforest has been a really exciting journey and uh, I hope you're going to enjoy what you see in here. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things. There's, I'm just with Alistair, another Alistair yesterday, looking at some really remote rainforests. Mm. Now we're in Denali Wood in Oban, which is far from remote, but it's still a rainforest. It is, and it, and it looks quite different, I think, to probably what you've seen uh, over in Morven or over in Mull, we've got we've got big, tall, high forest here. Yep. Looks more like a looks more like a forest. And um, but yeah, we're right on the doorsteps of a of a population. And yes, it's a population living in Argyll in a beautiful tourist iconic part of Scotland. But it's a population that, like much of the UK, is has lost a sense of connection with nature and uh, nature on its doorstep. And is part of the exciting journey here. I think is that community is beginning again to to connect and to appreciate just what a rich jewel it has on its doorstep. And what do you see as your personal role in that? Because <laughs> we all have a role, don't we? And you, you said to me earlier that you're not an expert in things, but actually you, you're, bringing, you're bringing people together, aren't you? You're managing a team of people who are experts. Yeah, I mean, I think part of my role as director is to kind of join dots, if you like. I'm, I have the privilege of having a helicopter view of yeah. what the Wooden Trust is doing, um, but also part of my role is to make sure I understand what other key players are doing, other environmental NGOs, other community organisations and and I think part of, I'm a little bit of an alchemist maybe, yep. so I can pick up a story from somewhere and I can share it with somewhere else and I can join dots and I can say you know you need to speak to so and so and I guess I can see the whole jigsaw puzzle to some extent and think about what role we as the Woodland Trust can and should be playing to play our best part in this journey but also helping others to build a jigsaw together that's it's not all jumbled on top of each other but it's a kind of coherent approach and a coherent strategy um the role of every good po- podcast uh interviewer is to always ask questions going uphill that's fine <laughs> <laughs> which is why we're you're sitting, we're sitting on the level <clears throat> and you know we it is a multi-organizational project this isn't it absolutely and that's one of the really exciting things i think is not just multi-organizational but multi-sectoral so we've got Yes, we've got the environmental NGO sector, um, but we've got the, the key large landowning agencies yeah. in Scotland. Uh, we've got key government agencies. 
um, that includes access to government research. So I think that's what's really exciting here. We're joining dots across the different um, sectors that are often quite siloed. One of the really exciting things that we've achieved as an alliance, I think, is we've got the government agencies to get excited again about the rainforest. And in the last year, both uh, Scottish Forestry is the main kind of um, policy and licensing agency, but also Forest and Land Scotland is the main landholding government entity, have both allocated um, roles and posts on rainforest restoration. Fantastic. So we've seen we've seen government agencies really stepping up to, to play a part too. And do you see, uh, in, a, in a sense, this is kind of democratising something which might be seen as a little bit of a... Um, right? Uh, maybe a bit of a... I don't know, uh, an experts thing, or you know, I'm struggling for the words, but mm. do you think this is trying to bring people back in, you know, real people, real communities back into loving their own landscape? I think anything, anything else is going to fall short, isn't it? And that's yeah. um, as as ENGOs, we like we like projects because that's how we work and that's what funders like. But we recognise that what we really need to build, I think, is a movement. We need to build a movement of people. Crofters, farmers, landowners, ecotourism oper operators, ordinary in interested um, citizens, communities, um, to get excited and to get involved. Brilliant. And while we we've just walked up from the edge of Oban, just describe for me what what we're now looking at. So we're we're on the edge of of Denali Wood, and we're looking at uh, a really nice open mosaic. We've got some. Um, Maturish oak and ash trees. Um, we've got this beautiful uh, bluebell pasture just coming into into flower now with some other beautiful wildflowers. It's we've nice got some open area. Patches of bracken and a really nice kind of mosaic of of rich botanical habitats and beautiful trees that we're about to enter into. And I can see a lovely elm off to my left. Yeah, I mean that's one of the lovely things about the rainforest. I think sometimes when we speak to colleagues operating elsewhere in the UK, there really surprised that we still have an almost intact elm resource over yeah, here. If yeah. you want to see beautiful mature elm trees, come to Scotland's rainforest. It's, it's really remarkable. Brilliant. Alistair, thanks very much for five minutes. It's been a pleasure. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Let's go and find some other people to talk Please to. <laughs> I think you'll find Lucy. <laughs> Iona, it's nice to catch up with you. Yes, and you. I met you in the Lake District when you worked for the National Park. About 25 years ago, wow. if not 30 years ago. And now time. you've moved back to your home country? I have indeed, yeah. And what are you doing? I am one of the outreach managers in Scotland. I um, For the Woodland Trust? For the Woodland Trust. I manage the Croft Woodland Project, which is a project that aims to help crofters plant and manage woodland throughout the Crofton counties. So that includes pretty much all of Highland, most of Argyll, the Northern Isles, the Western Isles and all the Argyll Islands. Okay. So what tell me what, what is a croft? So a croft is a um, a crofting is a is a system of um, Small-scale farming that really only exists in Scotland, although there are kind of equivalent models in other, some of the Scandinavian countries. 
most crofts are tenanted and the, the tenancy is an inheritable tenancy so it passes through multiple generations. Now crofts, were ne crofts are generally quite small scale and they were never really designed to be um, to allow subsistence far to allow subsistence farming so most crofters have a job as well as mm -hmm. a small holding where they raise maybe some few animals or um, some crops um, and most modern day crofts have got are, are kind of a bit more diversified a lot of them have got tourism um, enterprises attached to them market gardens that kind of thing as well so but it's a system of land management that's absolutely unique to the west the west and north of scotland and i understand there's something like two and a half thousand or two thousand four hundred registered crofts is it, is i think it's that? more than that i think okay. it's quite quite a bit more than that i think right. we're probably at about probably oh, actually i can't actually remember but i think it's probably about eight thousand all right okay in, in scotland in total and so they're they're those crofts by the sound of things they're, they're in the same zone as the rainforest Absolutely, yeah. So the, what's defined as the rainforest zone in Scotland is entirely within the, the Crofton counties. Okay. And what's your role? Are you are you working on the rainforest project as well, or? Absolutely. So a lot of rainforest is obviously on Croft land, um, and we work also with we work with communities within the Crofton counties as well. So we they don't actually have to have crofts as such. So we help communities. We help. Um, Crofters, smallholders, anybody really, and anybody who has rainforest within the Crofton counties, mm. we obviously will be helping. And we have a, an ancient woodland restoration advisor who sits within our team as well, who mm. also advises us, who helps us to advise landowners on the correct management to restore and enhance and extend um, the rain, well, woodland within the rainforest area. Mm. Okay, and what got you inspired in this work? What got me inspired in this work? Well, I've been interested in trees and woodlands all my life. When I was at school, I went to a very, very traditional school and I told them I wanted to do forestry and they told me that girls don't do forestry. <laughs> so I went off and did environmental science and then discovered that girls can do forestry. So I then mm -hmm. retrained in forestry and I have been working in trees and woodlands pretty much for 30 odd years now. Mm. So a bit like yourself in that respect. Yep. Um, for various national parks and local authorities and charities. I worked for myself for a few years as a consultant as well, yeah. but to come back, for me to come back to the west of Scotland is, is, is quite a privilege really to come back here to work because it's where I'm from, my family are from the Western Isles, so to be able to come back and actually put something back into the rainforest is, 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 a, massive, um, is a massive privilege for me to, to be leaving something hopefully in a slightly better condition than, you know, than, than, than it's been for the last few years and how it's been managed for the last few years. If we can inspire people to be as passionate about what we do as, you know, then we've done something, we've done something yeah. really positive and yeah. that's, um, that's a great way, a great way to leave things. Do you think forestry is changing in terms of, it was very male dominated when I yeah, very much so. started this, but it's, it's changing. I mean, oh, a lot, very a lot much of, so, <coughs> but well, I think forestry is 50, 50, yeah, I would say. But forestry is not just about growing trees anymore. Yeah. Forestry is about managing ecosystems. Yeah. And even even commercial forestry is changing. They are much more, well, they have to be much more environmentally aware than they are now, or the way that they were in the past. And so I think it's attracting different types of people into it. And what we really need to do is focus on the training side of it and ensure that people are trained in that because a lot of the environmental 
I think a lot of the environmental knowledge that people gain, they gain when they get to work rather than actually appreciating at the, the, the point when they're training that that's actually what they're going to have to do is manage habitats and ecosystems and not just look at trees. So that's, it's about the whole, it's about, it's about what the rainforest is, it's about all the components of it and the trees are just one of them. So. And do you think the farming community are catching up with that at all or is that still...? I think they are in some places and I think some farmers are. I would say there's still a bit of catching up to do and still a bit of a kind of a... I don't think that farmers don't appreciate the value of trees and woodlands. I think they absolutely do. But we still very much think in silos in this country. Our grant scheme is focused on, you know, we have an agricultural grant scheme and we have a forestry grant scheme. And, and of course, people view the things separately because of because of that's how we've always managed them. I think there's a massive opportunity for us to be bringing all that together. To blend and, it together. Yeah, absolutely. And for doing much more... Um, integrated management and I think most farmers are probably up for that. Mm. There's so much information out there for the farming community now in terms of recognising the value and importance of trees and woodlands that I think there's very few of them don't get it. It's just how 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 do you deliver it and how do you manage it? And that's and I think they're probably the first a lot of them will be the first people to put their hands up and ask for advice and help. Mm. And, and you're there to give people it. like us that are there to do that yeah. to help them. So yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. We've kind of lost the group, so let's let's <laughs> catch up. But thank you very much, Iona. No that was problem. absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Morning, Julie. Clearing. Good Glen, morning, Glen Clearing. Glen Clearing. Right. Clearing. We're in a rainforest mm. on the west coast of Scotland. Mm. And it's Julie Stoneman, and you work for Plant Life. That's right. And are you pretty much coordinating the Rainforest Alliance? Well, I coordinate the collaborative activities, some of the collaborative activities, between partners of the Alliance for the benefit of the rainforest. And, and the Plant Life thing, what's, what's all that about? So Plant Life have simply taken on the role of hosting the project manager. So the project manager's post could be in any of the partner organisations, but it happens to be Plant Life. But it's great that Plant Life's doing it. It's a good, good organisation to, to host it. And, what, and what's, what's your experience? Where, do you, what were you, where have you come from? Uh, so I've got a campaigning background. Uh-huh. So I worked for WWF before Plant Life. So World Wildlife Fund. Yep. And it's the same role. So my job is to get different people from different organisations and different skills and experience together behind a common objective and make a plan and drive that plan. Right, OK. And so it's exactly the same job, only completely different sort of subject matter. <laughs> and, and you're obviously a wildlife person. That's... Yeah, no, I've been into wildlife. I started off working on nature reserves on the West Coast in my early career, so I know, I know the West Coast very well. I mean, I, I love it anyway. I can walk in and kayaking here. But that's where I started my career. In, on the West Coast, I was doing butterfly workshops here in the yeah. early 2000s. And what is, what is it in particular about... I mean, it's the rainforest thing seems to have come up the agenda quite a lot, just even in the last couple of years. What, what is it about this <laughs> that is so important? Well, the thing about rainforest is nobody knew it was here. So I worked on a, na uh, on a nature reserve with, in the rainforest for a whole summer in my youth, and nobody talked about rainforest. Right. Now you go back there and it's so obvious. 
Um, so, so it's really captured uh, the imagination of, of people because it's a brand, essentially. You know, we've got rainforests in Scotland, that's amazing. Nobody knew it. That's ridiculous. And it's highly threatened internationally important habitat. That's crazy. And so people can galvanise behind that, that sort of concept. And, and that's why we feel like we're riding a bit of a wave of awareness at the moment because it's captured people. And the knowledge that, that I mean, I, I'd be, I was one of those people that was always signing up to petitions saying, stop logging in the forest and da-da-da-da. Mm. I had no knowledge, personally, that we had this resource in our own country. Um, and actually that our own resource of rainforest was also threatened. That's right. I think you're, you're the same as everybody else. And I didn't know it, and I've been working in conservation for 30 years. I mean, I didn't know it, I didn't really know it until I got this job. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's madness, isn't it? And, and actually now you're, in, so you're leading a coalition of people coming together. Yeah. Lots of different walks of life. And this isn't just a conservation project, is it? It's a kind of, it's more of a social project. Well, it's coming from conservation. So the Alliance itself is mostly ENGOs or statutory agencies, specialist societies. And those people, so that's very traditional. Uh, so those people have come together to form a plan and get together and do action. But I think now we're really at the delivery end of it. It's becoming clear you can't just do that on your own. Yep. So we've just met people from the community here and you can see the force and the power behind them. Yeah, yeah. They'll make it happen. They're the only people that can make it happen. So we need to look outwards and work in communities. And if we work in communities, then we need to demonstrate that this will give them uh, social and economic benefit. Um, and without that, that won't, it, none of it will work, the environmental bit of it won't no, work. No. So yes. So do, do you think then perhaps that this is almost like a growing up of some of the conservation movement is this realisation that we've got to go to border? Um, I think it's a journey conservation movement is on, particularly in Scotland, with issues around uh, community empowerment, involvement, land reform, so on. Um, so the ENGOs are on that journey anyway, and if you look at the kind of the projects that we've got already run by ENGOs, they're all very much linked in with the community, but we have to make that an absolute standard it's not an option so yeah. that's why we're really looking at what does good look like in terms of involving communities empowering communities and then that needs to be you know stamped by everybody to say that's our norm that's our business as usual brilliant well i'm going to go on to talk to a group of other people today who are also working in that rainforest project so julie thank you very much for your time thank you absolutely brilliant and i wish you all the best for a successful project thanks very much So we've got Ellen here from the RSPB, and you're also part of this alliance working to save the rainforest in Scotland. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me along. Um, I am here today at the Woodland Trust event in Oban, and I've kind of invited myself along um, because I'm not I, Woodland I've, Trust. I, I work I've for the RSPB. I've invited myself along as well. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not from Scotland. So but it's, uh, the kind of intention was to meet lots of people doing similar things okay. across the West Coast um, and just, yeah, get to know some, some more friendly faces. So which bit of the rainforest are you working on? 
So the project that I manage covers the whole of the Morven Peninsula okay. and it's called Saving Morven's Rainforest. And the idea behind it is that Morven's a really good candidate for this type of rainforest restoration project because it's bounded on three sides by water. So it's okay. almost effectively an island. Yeah. And it means that if you can, you know, eradicate rhododendron, eradicate rhododendron, eradicate rhododendron, get deer numbers down and start to kind of like manage rainforest, it's quite like contained. It's good. It's okay. a good area to start so with. So you've just mentioned two things. Are they threats to ancient, sorry, to, to rainforest? Yes. Yeah, so the rainforest across the west coast of Scotland, in particular, um, is threatened by mm. rhododendron and other invasive non-native species. But rhododendron really is the main one, right. um, and it kind of crowds out all the native species and prevents things from growing. So it really like chokes up our native um, rainforests and deer as well. Things like overgrazing are an issue in, in right. our rainforest habitats across the west coast as well. Okay, so I mean deer, deer management in Scotland is quite a difficult subject isn't it? Yeah, it's quite it can be quite a contentious subject but I don't think it um, necessarily needs to be. It's all just about bringing people together so on Morven we're working with the local deer management group and they're okay. quite a progressive group really and they're really keen to see a lot of the um, native woodlands there expanded and, and restored so that's been a really great part of the project having them on side and being able to work with them so we're kind of in the starting starting out phase and okay. developing things but um, the intention is to work with so them. So do you yeah. see yourself as a people person? Um, I guess so. A lot of my job is talking to people and right. creating connections and I think that um, again, Morven is really great because the community there are really pushing for something to happen and there's a lot of key individuals within the community there that have been kind of laying the groundworks to get a project like this up and run, running for a long time and now um, the RSPB is kind of just there to help facilitate all of the work that they've already done in the background and um, yeah, there's like a community woodland group that's already up and running and a couple of the people that live there, they they actually invented a method that removes rhododendron without having to use too much um, Chemical. chemicals. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so like a mechanical method and things like that. And there's just like a, a lot of interesting things going on. And so I'm just kind of there to help and like move things along and bring so in money. So you're oiling the wheels then? Oiling the wheels, yeah, yeah that's great. a nice way to put it. Yeah. And, uh, what excites you particularly about rainforest? I think, I mean, I could harp on about like all the international importance of the bryophytes and things like that, which is amazing and true. Um, but for me, it's just a really special place to spend time. Like I absolutely love, I live in Oban at the moment and um, Denali Woods that we're gonna explore this afternoon has just, it's, it's a beautiful place to just sit down and walk around and just, slow down like we live in such a busy world it's so nice to just have that time to like look at a tree really closely and see all these crazy things growing on it and it's just it's just a beautiful place to live in and spend time so in terms of people mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. getting people into this space because i think i think we care for things most when we are able to see them and feel them yeah Rainforest doesn't have to be a long way from people, does it? It actually can be where people live. No, yeah, not at all. It literally is in the centre of Oban. Yeah. And I think it's a shame, like a lot of people living here probably don't know that, that that's what it is and that yeah. how accessible it is. And I think it's really 
um, important that we try and like bring people into that space and support them because it isn't it isn't obvious where to go and what to do. And yeah. um, me and my friend that live here run a nature club for kids that we've just started and we took them out into the rainforest and we're exploring. And like the parents were there too and they came along and they said they didn't even realise we had rainforest in Scotland. And yeah, it's it's just about you know like bringing people along and supporting them and creating those connections to nature that we've kind of lost along the way. Thanks very much for your five minutes with me today. That's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, just, thank I'm you. I'm so inspired by all of the different voices I've heard today and, uh, and all the different angles those people are bringing to this project, which is incredibly important at this time of, of where we are. Yeah. Climate change, nothing else going on. Absolutely, yeah. That's no, really thank fun. you for so, chatting to me. It's been great. great. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. My name's Ian Dow. I'm a woodland coordinator for the Argyle and Isles Coast and Countryside Trust, um, which is an organisation, a charity, a, a environmental and social charity based out of Loch Gilped, but operating across Argyle and Butte. We carry out a broad range of activities from peatland restoration, uh, for uh, uh, recycled, uh, recycled bicycles, um, mental health awareness within the woodlands. We have a, a, a outdoor nursery and of course the rainforest project you say of course the rainforest but i don't think everybody realizes that we actually have rainforest in scotland yes we do have rainforest in scotland we actually have rainforest across the uk and through some, down some of the western fringes of of mainland europe as well um, but the rainforest that you find in scotland in particular are of exceptional quality and are globally significant and are some of the best that you will find in europe and what makes a rainforest? What makes a rainforest? Well, I mean, a rainforest isn't isn't really well. A temperate rainforest isn't really about the trees. The trees are just the scaffolding for the um, for the the lower plants and the lichens that um, love to uh, colonise into this uh, the hyper the hyper zone on the west coast of Scotland. There's a low temperature differentiation throughout the year. Um, and so we have winter, your winters rain. are relatively calm and, cool and, and mild and your summers are not hot. That's right, yes, yes. They're very kind of uh, steady temperatures throughout the year. So yes, that's right. Uh, mild uh, summers and mild winters as well. Um, but predominantly the, the, the main thing that we're after is high levels of rainfall. Right. And in some parts of the rainforest zone in Scotland, uh, that can be upwards of three metres a year, sometimes in excess of that. So... Um, and so yeah. what, what we're expecting to find in a rainforest, it's going to be dripping with rain. And what, what else? When we, when, do we know what it looks like when we're there? I believe the phrase is festooned with lichens and bryophytes. Right, okay. That's a so favourite Almost swamp-like, <laughs> but, but at tree level. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the, the bryophytes are the lower plants, so the mosses and the, 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 uh, the liverworts. And the lichens, they're all epiphytes in some way, shape or form. So either that's something on, that lives on a tree. That's right, that's yes, that's something that's growing on something else, yeah. essentially. That, that In particular with the, the bryophytes, they don't have their own vascular system and they uh, draw their moisture and nutrients from the atmosphere, which is why also clean air is a key component of this uh, And this, on the west habitat. coast, the, the, next, the next city is probably... New York, isn't it? So it's a long sweep of, of, of fresh, clean air. Absolutely, yes. You've got the, the entirety of the Atlantic Ocean. So, yeah. yes, we have okay. very very clean air on the West Coast. 
um, some of the certainly some of the cleanest in the UK. Okay, um, and you're part of an alliance of organisations working together to help save this rainforest. Yes, that's right. Yeah, ACTA, a partner organisation within within the Alliance for Scotland's Rainforest. Um, which is a, a, a collection of um, either single interest or larger NGOs or um, public bodies that have a, uh, a keen interest in either restoring or protecting um, or expanding the rainforest in Scotland. What, what got you personally interested? <laughs> I'm fascinated by woodlands. Right. Um, they're this very special places. I draw inspiration from them, yeah. um, be that the sound of the burn in the background, the a shaft of sunlight breaking through the the canopy the every everywhere you turn there's something unique and different and special to to uncover and does being in a wood make you happy endlessly yes yeah it's our it, you know we are essentially woodland creatures i think we yeah. came down from the trees and you know it's in our in our, the core of our being it's in it's in our dna and you're going back to the trees and i'm off back there now <laughs> ian thanks very much lovely to meet you and thanks very much for all of your work no problem at all I've known you for an awful long time now. You have, Pete. We yeah. worked together in Cumbria. You did? Lots and lots of years ago. But wh yeah. where are you now? What are you doing now? So, where am I now? Well, I've been living in Scotland for 25 years. So, um, I worked with you nearly 28, 29 years ago then. Wow. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've become Scottish. I'm a new Scot. I've got <laughs> okay, Scottish right. children. Okay. Scottish wife. Yeah. Um, this is my home now. I Brilliant. love Scotland. And what do you do um, in Scotland? What do I do? Uh, Work-wise, mm -hmm. oh, I do several things. Um, I've got several hats. I'm um, head of estate and programmes for the Woodland Trust Scotland. Okay. And which means I have an overview of the properties that Woodland Trust owns. Okay. Yeah. The programmes bit is uh, really anything. <laughs> anything really, really comes up. Includes saving Scotland's rainforest programme, but also the urban programme, which is another passion okay. interest of mine. Yeah. Um, and then lots of other little bits and pieces of getting involved in policy work which is the joy of working in Scotland it's yeah. a small we're a family you see so yeah. we all get involved in different things okay um, we'll support each other um, so that's I really like that so we're yeah. a small team I'm also chair of a charity now called Future Woodland Scotland right so that's kind of interesting because that's a really tiny charity yeah. there's a Woodland Trust but I kind of enjoy the nimbleness and right. ability to get. It's all wooden focus, and actually, the reason we're here today in Oban is is yeah. rainforest. Rainforest, based, isn't it? yeah, that's right. Saving Scotland's rainforest. So, what what is it, about the rainforest which is is really key for us to protect and restore? What is key? Well, um, well, we've heard about this today, haven't we? It's, I mean, from an ecological perspective, you know, it's the lichens and bryophytes. Um, you know, the, Scotland's temperate rainforest is outstanding. I mean, all temperate rainforest is is, is wonderful, but Scotland's is is up there. Yeah. You know, at a global level, yeah. in in terms of its importance. But um, what really got me about rainforest was um, I studied forestry uh -huh. at the university yep. many years ago, and the thing that really got me into conservation was a book called The Primary Source. It's a sort of seminal work about, about tropical rainforest. Okay. Um, and I read that as a student studying sort of commercial forestry, and I just went, wow, you know, that's just mind-blowing, the, the, 
the importance of rainforest. And like most people, it never really occurred. You know, that's something in the tropics. That's amazing. We haven't really got... Yeah, we've got native woodlands and all that. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. But nothing that can compare to that sort of value. So when I, uh, I started finding out about temperate rainforests, it came on my radar, which is what about... Well, it's probably about 20 years ago now. Yeah. I just got really excited about it. And the more that I met people that, that knew about it, I still don't know much about it. Yeah. Today I'm going around with Oliver from Plant Life, who's just an amazing guy. You know, so today knowledge. we've got Plant Life here, we've got some RS, RSBB, yeah, yeah. RSBB. Yeah, we've got, we've got ACT. We have, yeah, yeah. We've got Julie Stoneman, who's Plant Life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she was put in place by us. So, I mean, we've, you know, I think the Woodland Trust, as I say today, can be proud. You know, we've made this happen. Yeah. But we just recognised we couldn't, we couldn't, and as I said, shouldn't do this by ourselves. We couldn't have done it by ourselves. But what, were you, so. what have you made happen? You've made a, an alliance of organisations happen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you've been you described know. to me as the as the father of the rainforest. <laughs> well, yes, in a rather cheeky way, I think. Yeah. Um, as I'm getting on a bit now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I use, I, I kind of feel some pride in that. You know, I mean. You, you remember, Pete, um, quite a few years ago now, the Woodland Trust used to talk about ancient woodland as our equivalent of rainforest. Yeah, do you remember that I phrase? Yeah, we yeah. used to get really cross and bang the table and say, we don't need an equivalent of rainforest. We've got well, rainforest. We've got yeah. And everyone used to look at me, particularly at Conspit, like this sort of slightly nutty yeah. guy in the corner, and they'd go, yes, Tim, fine. Yeah. And never really listened at all. Um, and then I remember, as I got involved in the woodland movement, I mean, Scotland's got this very vibrant native woodland movement, all kinds of people, interesting people, passionate people about it. Talking to me about hazelwoods, yeah. um, the importance of hazelwoods. Um, some of the hazelwoods on the west coast of Scotland particularly, you know, we talk about ancient woodland. Some of them are undoubtedly primary forest, you know, mm. not just ancient, they're primary forest. You know, they have been there since the, the ice retreated without a shadow. It doesn't mean they haven't been used by people, of course they have, but they are still there. And Hazelwood was only recognised as a woodland kind of 30 years ago. You know, even by native woodland ecologists, they called it, they thought of it as sort of degraded native woodland that yeah. somehow lost its sort of canopy. And of course, now they get, no, it's rubbish, it's, it's really, really important. Um, so, yes, I just witted on about it to people. The, the whole treescape thing came along from the Woodland Trust. We've got to think about landscape. And I was like, well, it's got to be rainforest. And like all these things, by coincidence, I happened to be talking to a few people who came. These people came from the Atlantic Hazelwood Action Group, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, you've done fantastic work. The Copins, uh-huh. um, done fantastic work for, on the shoestring to promote hazelwoods and their management and they came to me and said shouldn't the Woodland Trust pick this up on this hazelwood stuff and I said yeah but actually let's do something much bigger let's let's do the whole of the rainforest let's do the whole of the west coast and they kind of looked at me and they went yeah okay (laughs) and again um just through my I think my pig-headedness and stubbornness really I just said let's make this happen and yeah, I started pulling some people together. But I think where I've made good decisions, if any, are getting the right people. I'm, no, I'm not an expert on the yeah. rainforest. Um, I love it. I love the concept of it, like lots of people do. Um, I'm not that great at project management and things, but people like Julie are and mm. Adam before her. So I, if I've got a skill, I think it's been, I've A, been pig-headed and just yeah. saying, let's get this done. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
and then trying to find the people who really to, have got the knowledge and skills. He says you yeah. could, and giving them the freedom to say, right, how do we make this happen? And if systems and processes, however, wherever they are, in all organ, in all organs, got to kind of get them in the way of that. Then yeah. I'm kind of quite good at just trying just to find a way. Through. I don't bust through. I find a way. Okay. I, I generally find a way to make it happen, and that's how we got plant life involved. Because I couldn't get, uh, we had Adam Harrison. Yeah. He was great, Adam, but he's coming to the end of his contract, and no one would tell was telling me, uh, yeah, you know, you can you can get someone. So we said, okay. So I went to Plant Life and said, would well, you if we found you the money, would you employ someone? Yes, they said we'll do that. But this is our yeah. partnership. This is the strength yeah. of the present place we're in. Of partnership working. I do an awful lot in Cumbria where yeah. I debadge myself. I don't really care yeah. about who I work for. It's the collective of people to achieve those outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. This is a crucial point in history where we have climate change, we have species loss at an alarming rate. We have to work collectively together to do this, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And what you've done, what you've done is create a collective of people here to achieve just that. Yeah, and people that share a vision um, and kind of work together. And there's been extraordinary things happen, which... Yeah. I mean, Julie likes to quote me. She didn't today. I thought she was based. That's why I laughed. Where I said, you're never going to get fundraisers working together. And she, always, she quotes that back at me now. Because we have, mm. actually. We've got fundraisers from different organisations helping each other raise money, not for their own organisations, but for a common cause. That's absolutely brilliant. Tim, thanks very much for your five minutes. And uh, just, it's lovely to be back working with you again after such a long time. So, you too, Pete. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening to all those voices, those passionate people trying to save Scotland's rainforest. I really hope that we collectively can galvanise behind this really important thing we can do. It's such an important habitat, so please support it where you can. Today was the second of the two specials we've organised, and we're getting ready for Series 2. So, bit of a gap, but that series will be coming soon, and we will be talking to... Alan about his mental well-being in woods. We'll be talking to some farmers. We'll be talking to some land managers and some people who are managing and looking after rivers. So look forward for Series 2 of Treeamble and we'll catch up with you soon. You've been listening to the Treeamble podcast, written and produced by myself, Pete Leeson. My special thanks go to Pete Ord for his awesome production and mixing skills. And actually, Pete and Pete, both of us, we wrote the music, so thanks very much to Pete for his input there. The recording was on location with mixing and production at the studio at Sunbeams, part of the Annie Mawson Sunbeams Music Trust. Thanks also to all those lovely people who were interviewed, Simon Wakefield for the artwork, and my special thanks go to those who gave me the confidence and support to make this happen. Angela, Anne, Catherine, Tim, Tim, Kevin, Emma, Nick and Paul, thank you. <laughs>